Welcome to The Burnout Show, a weekly conversation with special guests who generously share their burnout stories with us. We also chat with health and wellness experts on how to best navigate burnout when you're in the thick of it, as well as how to avoid it returning. And now here's your host, Jess Jones. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Burnout Show. Today's special guest is Emily Hazel. Emily is the serotonin dealer. Emily, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jess. Very excited to be here. Please tell our audience what the serotonin dealer means and what you do. So a serotonin dealer is what I refer to my team and myself as, but I own a happiness center that specializes in mood stabilizing food and everything is served in a sensory experience here. Amazing. Tell me more about what sort of food you guys serve. So all the food is high in serotonin, but technically it's high in what's called tryptophan. So tryptophan is what converts and it's complex carbohydrates. So the things that people sort of specifically know is bananas, sweet potato, complex carbohydrates, but it's most fruit and vegetables also have some tryptophan in them. So everything here is plant-based. And then just to help out people's guts, we do everything gluten-free as well. And then we really try to have a lot of meals that are onion and garlic-free, FODMAP-friendly. We try and cover all dietary requirements that our customers have. Amazing. So tell us a little bit about how you started and why you got into this area. For me, it's a super personal business and serotonin is really like an extension of who I am because Back when I was a teenager, I was going through like mood funks. That's what I call them because I think everyone can really relate to mood funks. Mm. But for me at the time, it was depression. And later in life, I got a bit of anxiety as well. And I started to research ways to make myself naturally happy. And I came across many things. But in this search, I kept seeing this word serotonin. So serotonin to me sort of more means mood stabilization as a Opposed to finding happiness because when are you happy? It's sort of a future thing, whereas to me, serotonin is more a present moment thing. You can be calm and content. So I originally was actually going to have a Japanese cafe. It's something I'd been working on since I was 16. I'd done business plans. And then I, at about 20, went to the doctor and was speaking to them about these mood funks I was going through. And I'd been speaking to them for like five minutes and then they said, all right, great, we're going to put you on antidepressants. And Mm. they just didn't ask me anything about how I was sleeping, what I was eating. And I just knew that there was other things, but I didn't know all the answers then. And I went home that night and I just researched antidepressants and what that actually meant. And that scared the hell out of me. And I just thought I do not want to do that yet. And so I started to research natural happiness and natural happiness is what then led on to serotonin. And it was actually a friend of mine. I was still at the same time working on a business plan for the Japanese cafe. And he said, why are you opening a Japanese cafe when you eat this diet high in Japan (laughs) and you're eating this serotonin lifestyle and you're seeing such good results? So he doesn't remember saying that, but yeah, I changed my whole business plan that I'd been working on for about 10 years until that point to open up serotonin. Yeah. Amazing. That is incredibly insightful for, you know, a young person to have those ideas and thoughts and knowing there was something else out there besides, you know, this immediate fix of, yeah, have some antidepressants. Yeah, exactly. That wasn't the route I wanted to take. And I I knew a lot of people that were on antidepressants and I Mm. could see what it had done to them before and after. And 
the study I actually found that exact night that the doctor told me that I should go on them was these three women in London and they'd, they'd been on them for a decade and they were really describing wow. how they were stuck on them and they couldn't get off them and they were really sort of numb to the world and they'd kind of lost touch. So that was a real trigger for me to not go on them. Yeah, understandably. So tell me about the kinds of people you get that come into the cafe. Do you have, you know, great conversations with people about why they're there and what they want to learn about themselves or their moods or ways to sort of improve their moods? It's interesting. So we get a really broad range of customers here. The most common is they're already health conscious. Yes. So they're coming here because they already understand at a base level what I do and what we're doing here. And so they come in, there's a lot of, you know, students studying naturopathy or to become dietitians. A lot of the local people who work in health around the area come in every day for lunch just because they understand and they are just so happy to have somewhere that already nourishes their needs. And then really interestingly, something that I didn't think would happen is we get a lot of people who come in here post breakup or post something going on in their lives. So I think they're like at home, maybe their yeah. girlfriend's crying to them and then they're like, let's go to the happiness cafe. Yeah. <laughs> so I've had a lot of tears here and then I've given away a lot of protein balls over the years. <laughs> <laughs> I love so that. That's kind of nice though. Yeah. It's nice that they come here and then they get to sit on the swings and enjoy what the oh. space is all about. Swings. Oh my gosh. Sounds amazing. I think that's a really lovely and healthy alternative to let's go have te- tequila shots at the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this sort of new trend is coming out of brunch first dates because a lot of people, mm. yeah, we don't really want to drink anymore. We don't even stay up at nighttime anymore. Yeah. But you want to go on like a nice date and connect with someone. Yeah. So we get a lot of first dates here. We actually have 92% of our customers are female. Wow. Which is just massive. And Every single day, anywhere from 25 to 40% of our customers, it's their first time. That's amazing. That just blows my mind because in a week we have about a 1,000 customers. So Mm. the fact that we're still reaching all of these people and a lot of them say, I've been trying to come here since you opened and in two months we will have been open for six years. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) People have heard about us for so long. But, yeah, they just take so long for people to get here. But then that other 60 70% their regulars that come every day every week or every month amazing that's so nice it sounds like a really beautiful place to be i'll definitely have to come and check it out now that i know you're in melbourne australia same as me yes awesome so what is your most popular meal or offering there well we do the positive pancakes which has been on our menu since like i developed in 2014 and we opened in 2015 So that has been a staple on the menu since we opened. Just before we opened, a guy in Queensland actually created this banana flower. So it's organic bananas and they're green bananas. So they're really high in resistant starch. So that's really good for your gut health. And I found out about these and it worked in perfectly with my ethos. So we developed these banana pancakes. So they're naturally gluten-free because we use banana flour instead of any Mm -hmm. other flour. And then we do a homemade banana ice cream on top. Just before I opened, I was running a nanny agency and there's this machine called a Yonana machine where you put frozen bananas in the top and out comes like this perfect soft serve as if you're like a froyo. So I used to give that to all the kids that I nannied and you can put any frozen fruit in there and you can add cacao and make chocolate ice cream. So that's actually what goes on top of our banana pancakes. And then we do homemade coconut yogurt as well really like light and you still get that like little sneaky you know you feel like you're having a treat but you leave feeling really satiated 
Amazing. That sounds so good. You're making me hungry now. <laughs> so you're obviously really busy running the business. You're maintaining other people's moods and giving all yes. this joy and happiness and positivity. That must be a lot to shoulder at times, especially if you might be having, you know, a bit of a flat day as we all do. How do yeah, you all you're that? saying that makes me sort of think back to sort of November when we reopened. So uh, March 2020, when COVID hit, we closed and we didn't reopen until November. And the mood and the energy of the customers was so different from before we'd closed. And we were getting quite angry reviews and we we're getting quite mm. angry emails. And every single review like hits me to the core because the service style that we do here, you're sort of greeted at the door within the first 10 seconds and then we seat you, we run you through the menu, we check on you halfway through your drink, we check on you halfway through your meal. So there should be no one leaving here unhappy because if there's anything you're unhappy about, we try and solve it here. So I was getting all these emails every night and that was, yeah, really hard on me. But I think it was just sort of the collective, everyone was feeling angry anyway. So to be a happiness cafe and to be doing everything we can and then to not make people happy was devastating. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge responsibility. Yeah. Being in charge of, yeah, a thousand people, a thousand customers a week to be in charge of their, um, or you're not in charge of, but to want to. To be able to impact and we really can. Like even though I get these two upset, angry customers a week and, a lot of the time, yeah, they're probably going through something externally. It was, they were probably upset or angry before they walked in the yeah, door. that's it. It's very rare that, yeah, maybe we, of course, we can make a mistake here. We're human as well. Yeah. But 998 customers a week filled with joy, energized, happy, and like we really do see people come in and they might be having a bad day and we'll kind of just tell all the staff, we'll be like, if you guys can really look after table four, and then we just like really try and make sure that they leave happy as anything. That's lovely. That's so nice. I love this concept so much. So how do you personally manage overwhelm when you do have, you know, a bit of a stressful week or you've got a lot on your plate? How do you manage the the feeling of overwhelm yourself? So I was actually diagnosed with ADHD two years ago now. So for me, planning is everything. So every Sunday, which is like my Friday night, I actually sit down and I'll plan my whole week ahead. So this is like before my weekend starts. So I don't have to even do it on my weekend. So I'll plan in all of my workouts. I'll book all of my sort of self-care things as well. If I know I'm coming up to a stressful time, a busy time, we run uh, monthly masterclasses in here and I always do dinners and I do public speaking and things like that. So if I know that's Mm. in my calendar coming up, I'll pre-book in things like acupuncture and Chinese doctor and massages and things like that just so that I am still able to check in with myself. It's when you like get on that hamster wheel and then it's been like a month, a year, and you're like, oh, God. (laughs) So I'm good now at sort of looking ahead in the future and using my calendar and making sure that I'm looking after my health. Amazing. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there in that you're looking at preventative Mm-hmm. ways rather than hitting a certain point of, of stress or overwhelm or burnout and then yeah. saying, oh, no, I need to treat this. I'm not feeling too good. That's actually yeah. and very smart. That's actually what sort of the whole concept of serotonin is, I guess. We have, as I said, I worked, I ran a nanny agency before this and we ended up specializing with families who are going through cancer. So it's very different because the parents are generally both at home and you're generally looking after the parent more so than the kids. So 
what I saw through doing that was these families changed their whole diet and their whole lifestyle. So I guess I've always been a little bit preventative. That was when I was about 19, 20, I started doing that. And that's Uh when I started eating a plant-based diet and I started eating organic. I was like, why is this guy waiting until he's got sick and he's got stage four cancer to then do it? So yeah, I guess preventative has always been something for me. Yeah. Amazing. So can you tell me about a time in your life that you've hit burnout yourself and how did you recognize it first of all and then manage it? So for me, it was about somewhere from six months to 18 months into opening the shop. I was really healthy before I opened. I'd worked on my health for about five years and I was like beaming with energy. I was like skipping down Chapel Street. I just remember having so much energy And then when we opened, it took a year to physically build the shop and go through town planning and council and all those sort of things. So by the time I actually opened the shop, I was already near burnout. And the day that we opened, I'd been here until 3.30 a.m. the night before. And then I'd set my alarm for 5.30 to get up. I don't even remember the first day. I remember driving here and I would fall asleep at the traffic lights and someone would toot me and I was like, oh, God, I've got to get to work. So I probably shouldn't have opened that week, but it was already all live. It was already the staff were all ready to go. So that was my mistake, number one, not coming rested in enough to this, which is luckily what I get. I got to do again when I was going into this reopen phase. I was really rested, obviously. I took all this time off coming back in. Yeah. But six months in, I got plantar fasciitis. So it's kind of a runner's injury, but because we have concrete floors here and I'd never actually worked in hospitality before we opened, I had these t- terrible shoes I was wearing every day Mm. and we used to be open from 6 a.m till 5 p.m and I was opening so I was here from 5 a.m and I was closing and then I would do all my work after hours so I was really working from 5 a.m to 11 p.m and the only reason I would go home was because my partner would come to the shop put on the alarm and that gave me 30 seconds to get out wow Um, (laughs) yes That's crazy. Good to have someone to keep you accountable though. Yeah, exactly. I might have just lived here and slept here. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So you're, you said you're a huge planner. How do you manage your time effectively? Do you have some tools you can recommend or resources or techniques? So sleep is the number one priority in my life. I try to go to sleep at 9 p.m. and wake up like 5, 6 a.m. I really yeah. love the energy of the morning. I'm a lot more creative and a lot more efficient first thing. So to make the most of that time in the morning is super important for me. And something I love to teach people that I learned from my meditation teacher is the 888 rule. So everyone in their life has eight hours a night to sleep. We have eight hours in the day to work. And what that leaves is eight hours in the rest of your day. So when people say, you know, we were all saying, I don't know how I'm going to fit into 20-minute meditations a day. But she showed us that and she's like, well, what are you guys doing with this other eight hours? And for yeah. most of us, we're sitting on social media or watching TV. So, And that can be fine. That could be what you need to do with your downtime, but you need to prioritize things as well. So I practice yoga, I practice meditation, I go to the gym, and then I also yeah, fit in a lot of other sort of self-care practices. And then the tool that I do that with is Google Calendar. So I have um, Asana which I've recommended to so many people and I've been using it for about eight years. It's a to-do list sort of thing. It's a project management app and it literally runs my life. So I can talk to all of my staff through that. And then in that, you can also have tabs as well. So you can have 
personal work and things like that. And that is definitely how I manage my time effectively through to-do lists and then Google Calendar. And then they talk to each other as well. Fantastic. Yeah, love Asana as well. Huge Very helpful. Yeah. So, Emily, what's one piece of advice you would share with someone listening today who's going through burnout themselves? I would definitely say the first thing you need to do is take time off. (laughs) If you're hitting that burnout period, don't prolong it anymore. So if you can take time off and just stop, even if that's for a day, an hour, but just sitting with yourself, checking in with yourself, journaling is something I do morning and night. So that's super important, but changing the situation that's going on. So whatever that's going on, that's already burning you, you've got to really honest with yourself and if you need to leave that job it might be a really scary step but leave that job uh, leave that relationship it is really scary to make that first step and that's something that I think I've gotten really good at making those really uncomfortable jumps and sitting in the uncomfortable but you've got to check back in with yourself and look what's going on it's scary but it's going to be what makes you healthier in the long run yeah fantastic advice definitely support that as well Uh, particularly when people can see that there's something that's really not good for their soul, that's holding them back, that's hurting them, that's burning them out. Yeah, it can be really tough to make that decision, but health and wellness has to be number one. Amazing. Well, Emily, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute delight chatting with you and I'll be sure to come over to the Happiness Cafe Yes, very soon so and have a positive pancake was it positive pancakes positive pancakes oh. that people have them every single time so now i've done a savory serotonin stack it's a savory pancake because some of my customers for six years have not changed what they've had every single wow time. that's amazing <laughs> oh it sounds so good yeah it's brilliant well good luck with it all and thank you again for your time thank you so much thanks bye thanks for joining us If you're suffering from burnout or want some tips on how to avoid it, join our Facebook group, The Burnout Club Community. If you've gotten something out of today's episode, we'd love your review. Simply click the link in the show notes to share your thoughts. Until next time, go gently.